in church, in church, we're gathered here in church and, and in ministry, in, in life, we all lead lives, don't we? Let's not limit it. In life, you, you see things, you learn things, and, and some of those things, they, they become themes, themes that repeat over and over, and the, and the longer that you're in it, the more these themes get confirmed. This Sunday, the first one in what seems like a, a new ministry season starts us off, but it isn't a series. It's not part of a series. That comes next week with, with Leon and, and Extreme and, and that bungee jump we're going to see at the end of that. <laughs> and when we're talking about this as a, as a, as a team, we call this a, a standalone, a, a standalone. But for me, knowing that I would be preaching this, it's more than that. It's a, a life message, a life message, something that, that I carry that you often hear me say in conversations and, and in sermons. And up to now, I have never rewritten or, or re-preached a, a message here that I've preached before. But this seems right, it seems timely, just this once. And the, the two things that I really want to push here are firstly the, the simplicity and the, the transformative power of Jesus' teaching. And secondly, that discipleship, becoming Christ-centered followers, is soil-based. It's what our roots go into. We started the year with Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, where it says, Sow righteousness for yourselves, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to, to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. And following that, following that word itself, it has, it has spoken to us over the months and prophetically it's, it's spoken through the teaching that, that's been given here and we've deepened and we've, we've grown together through this year as a result of that word from Hosea and, and what I want to say flows out of that. As a family, for me, Rach and Emily and Jay, we're not long back off holiday and for a week we stopped in a, a caravan on a farm and on the, on the last day we had opportunity to, to talk to the farmer and I claimed ignorance, ignorance in all things agricultural which wasn't difficult and I just asked questions and, and listened to, to what he said but, but I do know some things, we, we all know some things, we know what summer should look like and, and, and what it should feel like. Leaves on the, on the trees are, are green and in the meadows there, there are flowers and the hours of, of daylight, they're at their maximum for the, for the year. We know what it should feel like. We can sense, we can see, we can read the signs around us. And we know that farmers, farmers, that they, they must plough the soil, they must sow the seeds in spring if, if they're going to get a harvest in the, in the autumn time. We know enough to read the signs. To be able to, to leave our advanced, urban, western, consumer-driven society behind and enter a more rural world. A more rural world of, of ancient village life and, and, and farming. In fact, in fact, let's all close our eyes. Let's close our eyes. Just a thought though, if you listen to this on the podcast and you're driving, don't. But for us here, we're, we're safe. Let's, let's close our eyes. And let's think of, of fields, of fields. Think of, of rocky pathways. Think of, of small villages and a, a more barren landscape. 
where there are fertile areas of, of green, where, where farming is, is manual, where there is, is life and there's, there's hard work and there's, there's laughter and there's growth. And then keeping your eyes closed, let's zoom in on a man, a Jewish rabbi sitting by the the side of a a lake, surrounded by crowds, people shouting and people pushing to the front. Such a lot of people. So this Jewish rabbi, he gets into a boat and all the people are standing there on the the shore and then he starts to teach. And he tells them about a farmer. A farmer who went out to, to sow his seed. Does that sound familiar you can you can open your eyes now maybe you've heard that parable a hundred times before but it still speaks the the seeds the 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 soils the kingdom of God in our in our lives and in our in our faith and in our hearts and as I've listened out for God on this there are two parables that I want to retell and the first one is this one the parable of the sower and the second is the parable of the, the wheat and the, and the weeds. I want to retell these two stories that, that Jesus told. And then following these, there's part of a, a letter, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. But there's also a story behind that. Out of it, I'm going to work with five words. Five words as we look to apply what God is saying to us. The first parable. The parable of the sower comes in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. It starts in verse 3. Jesus said, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, The plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Simple, simple teaching and yet transformative. I, we, should often hear these parables that Jesus told And if you've been reading your Bible for for any length of time, a a danger that is there is that we overlook Jesus' teaching. We overlook it as too simplistic and we start asking for deep teaching. Deep teaching out of the book of Romans or, or Revelation. And definitely they have their place. They are God's word to us, but not, never at the expense of knowing and living in this, in the simple and transformative teaching of Jesus And his chosen method of of telling stories, of asking us to live in the stories that he was telling. And what gets me when I'm reading this parable is the soil. The soil, where the seeds lands, that is what Jesus reveals to us. The seeds are alive, they are are meant to grow, they aren't damp or old or, or dead, they are alive. But where the seed lands, what the roots go down into, that is crucial. The second parable follows the first in Matthew chapter 13. It starts in verse 24 and Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. 
But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Again, again, the the soil is there and this time there is wheat and and, and there are weeds and the the servants want to, they want to go to work pulling out the weeds. But to their shock, the master says, no, he was going to wait. He was going to wait till you could tell the difference. The third place, the third place that we're going in the Bible is 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 3 and it's verses 5 to 9. Where the Apostle Paul, he's, he's writing, and he's writing a letter to the church in Corinth. The story behind this is that in the church, the people are, are setting the, the leaders against each other. They're arguing about them. They're claiming that one leader was, was better than the other, and Paul is challenging them. He's questioning their understanding of, of where growth comes from. He writes this, what, after all, is Apollos, and, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who water have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building that is the three all soil based in the stories that they tell and the pictures that that they use the farmer the farmer going out to to sow the seed it it landing in the soil the wheat and the weeds growing together and and then the harvest the seeds being planted and and watered and and God making them grow and us you and me as as Christ's followers as church we being God's field and for the for me these these scriptures they they speak about discipleship they speak about soil based discipleship Roots going deep, shoots reaching up. And it is these pictures that are are most powerful in communicating what I am seeing, what I'm learning, the themes that repeat over and over and get confirmed as as we live out our lives in this faith community. And I believe, I believe if you can create the, the right soil when seeds are planted, whoever plants them, Then if you water them, whoever waters them, discipleship happens, roots go deep, shoots reach up. People grow and it is God, God that causes that growth to come. And this is for us. This is for us personally. This is for us as as a church. We've got to be asking ourselves, the soil that's around us, the soil that we're planted in, what our roots are, are going into, is it good soil? Is it good soil? 
See, God isn't fooled. He isn't fooled by the, the soil up. What he's seen on the surface, he is convinced. He's convinced by the soil down. What only he sees, where there are questions about character and devotion and obedience and emotional health. And as, as far as we reach up in the air, we've got to be growing down into God. And what we're going to do now is open these three pictures out. The parables of the sower and the, the wheat and the weeds. And that part of Paul's letter where he writes to that church in Corinthian, there are five words that I'm going to work with as we do this. And the five words are, are stolen. They're environment, they're chaos, growth, and treasure. The first word then, stolen. Stolen. The seed that, that God sows, the, the seed of, of good news, of life, of, of everlasting life, of forgiveness and, and faith. That seed that is sown into, into our lives when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, it is good, it is God. It's alive, it's meant to grow. But, but the theme that Jesus taught about, and the, the theme that 2,000 years later is, is just as relevant, it hasn't changed, is that that seed, that seed can have the life, can have the, the God-given life stolen from it. Birds, rocks, thorns, birds, rocks, thorns. The disciples, Jesus' first 12 followers, they came to him and, and they asked him about the meaning. And the birds, they were, they were meant to be the, the evil one who comes and, and snatches the seed away out of our hearts. And with the rocks, with the rocks, the, the seed grew fast. There was, there was instant joy, but it was, it was too fast. There was no root and when the, the sun came up, the, the plants were, were scorched and they lasted only a short time. Our faith, that seed, couldn't survive the upset and, and rejection that it faced. Then the thorns, the worries of, of, of this life. When the seed fell among these, they, they, they grew up and they, and they choked it. And our faith, that seed, couldn't reach beyond. It couldn't reach above to, to what is eternal. And often, often, we see this parable as directly relating to, to telling people about faith. We call it evangelism, seeing people responding and, and, and being saved. And it's right to do so. We, we give this parable a short time frame. But I want to I wanna push that. I want to go further with that. I want to change that time frame from what is short to, to what is long, to a, to a lifetime of faith. Because for me, the birds, the rocks... The thorns haven't stopped in, in my life. There is ongoing attempts on that seed of faith within me. Even though there are roots going deep, even though there's a, a trunk and, and branches growing out, we can still look and see and read the signs. And I'm sure you've experienced this. I'm sure you've seen it. People's passion for God, even our own passion for God, it can get stolen. It's like a bird came and, and took it. And then there are the rocks and the thorns. Upset and, and rejection. The doubts and worries of this life. Not just in the, in the first week of, of becoming a Christian, but 10 years on, 20 years on, 30 years on. The enemy, this world, still looks to, to steal that seed of faith from us. And later, at the finish, we're going to pray into this. Then there is environment, environment, the, the second word. 
Now, when it comes to to soil-based discipleship, environments are essential to this. And it is all about creating and being in the right environments. In our devotional time, in our gathered and and relational times, in our home and, and leisure times, environments are the soil that our roots go into. And as a church, looking at our gathered times, we have strong environments. And for me, it's about planting ourselves in them putting our roots into this good soil here in church. Here, now, this is an environment. A large gathering where there's worship and there's teaching and and there's prayer. and, And we will grow here. But for me, there are limits to this. And this is where we are as a church most open, most accessible. And with numbers of people, we're at our our largest. So another environment, another environment which is essential is life groups. That's where they come in. They are a lot smaller, eight to to 12 people where discipleship is more personal, it's more relational. You get to walk together through people's journeys of of faith and and we need each other. We need each other in an environment of openness and trust and honesty. I need you. I need you for God to do his best work in me. And that only happens when we gather together in small groups. Then there are courses, other essential environments for us, still relational but with a a certain intent about them. Freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ. I don't need to to talk that up. You just have to talk to the people who've been on that course to realise that the the teaching there transforms lives. People experience God there. And what they learn in Freedom in Christ gives them that foundation to, to go on in their faith and to continue growing We've got a new daytime course starting on Friday, the 21st of September. I know that only works for those of you who are free at that time. And with that in mind, we've got a crash happening to open that up to as many people as possible. And you can sign up at the back for that. And then with Resound, that, those young people, they're going to be starting on Wednesday night. And keep that in mind to, to pray for. They're going to be starting a, a youth freedom in Christ as well. A great environment for our young people to grow. We've got the boot camp with Mark Greenwood coming up. We've got the the men's breakfast. We've got Alpha in October. They're all strong environments for growing in. But for me, it isn't only about putting ourselves, having our bodies in those places, like a, a seed on a path that gets stolen away. We need to plant ourselves in those environments. We need to plant ourselves through relationship, through fully entering that place with God, planting ourselves in in good soil, sending roots down deep into it. Then the rocks that may be there in our lives, they can be cleared out, and the weeds, they can be outgrown. We can reach for something that's eternal. We can reach for a, a lifetime following Christ. Chaos. Chaos. Strangely, this this third word is is on my mind a lot through the week with with what I'm involved in chaos. I don't know whether that's a reflection of my leadership style. It it could be. I do think that church and people, they're they're more like jazz than classical music. There can be some wrong notes going on there. (laughs) But God, God's been opening my eyes with this. And this is where the wheat and the weeds really come in. Because for me, it's so challenging. 
picture that field again, that picture planted with the, the wheat. Where I live, I can, I can look out over the field. Sure, there's a, a dual carriageway in between me and them, but forgetting the dual carriageway, I can look out over the cars and the lorries and I can see fields just off there in the distance. And when the tractor has, has finished ploughing, And the seeds have been planted. It looks so right in the sunshine. The wheat comes through and they're in these long, neat rows. And then, in the parable, the enemy comes and scatters the the seed for the the weeds. And that neat field, which looks so right, is is spoilt. It becomes chaotic. And the servants, they want to get out there and they want to make it right again. They want to restore it to what it was. Keep the rows, keep the rows, but... The master, he stops them, he tells them that they wouldn't know the difference. They wouldn't know the difference. Is it wheat or, or is it weeds? And they would go and they'd, they'd pull up the wheat with the weeds. And the master, he chooses to, to wait. He chooses to wait in the chaos till the harvest rather than lose out on any of the wheat in the field. But don't you want to sort out the chaos? If you're anything like me, then, then the answer to that is yes. I don't like chaos. <laughs> when I look around, when I, when I look at myself, when I look at life groups, when I look at church, and, and you see that there are weeds and there are, are weeds here growing together, my first reaction is to go for the weeds and to, and to pull them out. I mean, who wants to see church or, or, or life groups or, or people where there are weeds growing, where lifestyles or, or beliefs are, are not of God? That would be chaotic. But we're often too quick, too quick to do the work that only God can do at his pace. And often God says that he is waiting. He's waiting in the chaos. And he's waiting because there's grace There's grace and there's love and there's forgiveness and acceptance. It is come as you are and experience God. And we are called to be ministers, called to be carriers of of that grace. Whether it is wheat, whether it is weeds, that isn't my call. That's God's call. What I'm called to do, what we're called to do, is to love the people that God has put around us. And strangely, strangely, those people that disciple me the most, that cause me to look innermost at the lack of grace and the the lack of God in in my life, are often those people that I'm most uncomfortable with because they seem the most chaotic to me. But God can be in the chaos. And out of that, He is creating something new, something beautiful out of the mess. And to be patient, to be patient in the chaos is to be trusting the work that God is doing. Growth. Growth is uh, the fourth word and we're asking where it comes from. Through the book of Acts, Paul was an incredible leader and Apollos and then there was Peter and there was John. They all had knowledge and and charisma. They, they, They performed miracles. They preached incredible sermons. They prophesied. Thousands responded to them with their leadership. The church went global. Surely the growth was was due to them and and their giftings. But Paul, Paul in his letter when he writes to the church in Corinth, he makes it clear that growth only comes from from God. It only comes from God. Sure, we are partners in it. We are God's agents planting and, and watering. Only God, though, only God can make 
that seed grow. And on hearing that, on realizing that, you see the importance of prayer, of prayer, the importance of of waiting on God in the chaos. My knowledge, my charisma, my sermons are nothing. They are nothing without the presence of the living God and growth. Growth in, in my own life, growth in our lives doesn't come because of positive thinking. It doesn't come because of 21 laws for, for success. Growth, that spiritual transformation where Christ is formed in us, it comes because of God's spirit within us. It comes because we rest in him regularly, in his presence. Growth, Christ in us, is a supernatural activity or it's nothing at all. And I want to challenge myself. I want to challenge all of us. We need to be in God's presence. We may not understand it. We may feel nothing at all when we're there. But the spirit in that time is forming Christ in us. We open our Bibles. We have God's words in in, in our minds. And we talk to him. We wait on him. Be there in God's presence for no other reason than to grow. That is God good soil for our roots to go deeper into and for every minute we spend there we gain our roots they gain the fifth and final word is treasure treasure we've seen the seed that it's been sown and that it's landed in good soil we've watched the wheat and the weeds growing together and we're patient in the chaos because God is there And we're trusting him. We're trusting God because we know that it's only God who can bring the growth. Now we're waiting. We're waiting and we're we're looking and and suddenly we, we see something. Something catching the light. Something shining in the field. It looks like treasure. It looks like hidden treasure. And in another parable, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. And I love that. I love that. It's so unexpected. It's so spontaneous. We, we take a risk. We, we sell everything to buy a field because we're sure we've seen treasure in it. Again, coming back off holiday, it was, it was great. It was an adventure. And along the way, I know that I gained some, some memories with my children. Moments where I thought, this is treasure. This moment is treasure. We may be familiar with where Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we know, I'm, I'm sure we know this, that our treasure, it isn't money, it isn't financial wealth. Our hearts as followers of, of Jesus aren't meant to live in a bank account. There is treasure, treasure. There's treasure in my life. There's treasure in your lives. There's treasure when we're together, when we're in relationship with each other. There's treasure. There's treasure in this church. There's, there's treasured moments in our past. There's, there's, there's treasure in our present. There's going to be treasure in our future. But we're going to have to give ourselves, all of us. We're all going to have to give ourselves. We've got to be looking for that treasure. And when we see it, we need to go for it. We need to respond. We need to change. We need to be spontaneous. We need to risk. Sometimes we need to pay more than what it costs. Because we want that treasure. Because it's meant for the kingdom of heaven. Soil-based discipleship 
is about the spontaneity and the faith and the expectancy of finding treasure in God's field. And what gets me the most, what causes emotion within me is when I see growth and when I see treasure. When I see it revealed in other people's lives. And when I see the hands and the, and the feet of Jesus through the church impacting the world with love and grace and compassion and healing. And it goes right back to the, to the start of the service with the team returning from Zambia where we heard stories. Stories about what they had experienced. And it's like I said, God, God does beautiful things out of the mess of this world. And to think that we as a church, we partnered with God in seeing that seed planted and watered. And for the glory of God, he is now making it grow. You see, you see, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all of your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. It becomes a tree and from the smallest of seeds comes the largest of plants. And I get the privilege, the privilege of, of looking out at you, and of living out my faith with you. And over the years I, I've seen and I've, I've heard and I, I've learned and I know that there are trees. There are trees here in this church, lots of trees, trees that started out as, as seeds of, of faith that have grown. And personally speaking, I want to live up to this. Out of context, it may sound strange what I'm going to say next, but I want to be a tree as well. <laughs> I want to be a tree. And if you want that seed of, of faith to grow in your life, if you want to be a tree, a tree planted by streams of water, a tree that will be called an, an oak of righteousness, a tree of faith and, and following of, of Jesus, then it isn't about what you can see. It's about what God can see. It's about the roots. It's about what goes deep into good soil. And as we finish, I want to pray into those five words I've used there. And I want to give time for what God is going to do. So if the worship team want to, return and how we're going to do this if we all stand let's all stand the worship team are going to play in the background I'm going to pray and just be led by the spirit and what I'd like us to do I'm going to pray into each of those five words first word being stolen and then environment and then chaos and then growth and then treasure and if you feel prompted by the Spirit that that particular word is for you or any number of those words, then just sit down and allow the words that are being prayed to, to flow over you and be open to what the Spirit is doing. And then you can stand again. Everyone's going to have their eyes closed and no one will know that you're sitting down. It's just an act of response to say to God, this, this is for me, this prayer is for me. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus your teaching is simple and yet transformative and the pictures you give us of a sower sowing the seed of the wheat and the weeds Lord we all know what that looks like and God through your spirit you can show us what that means for us now in this moment and Lord that word stolen if there's anyone here God if there's anyone here God who is feeling right now 
that something's been stolen from them. Something of their faith, something of their passion. Even, even right at the start, like they made that commitment two or three weeks ago, had that seed planted in them, but something's happened. A bird came and, and stole it away, and now they think, what was that all about? It's lost. Well, it's not lost. God would want to return that seed of faith to you. And if you're, you're there and, you, and, and you're thinking, the passion, the passion that I had 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it's gone, it's been stolen, still got the seed, but the life seems to have gone out of it. Then I pray through your spirit, Lord Jesus, you would, you would restore that life to these people. Grow that seed again. Sure, they may have to do something. They may have to put themselves in a new environment. They, they, they may have to get the Bible out some more and be in your presence experience you for that seed to come alive but seeds can lie in the soil dormant for year on year on year and then suddenly there's water there's rain and that seed will grow and flourish again like it was intended to do the seed of the good news is always good it's always God Lord water that seed again by your spirit an environment environment where we put our roots in the soil that we go down deep into Lord I pray if you're challenging any of us here to, to say you need good soil the soil that you've gone into it's questionable, it's even bad take your roots out put your roots in good soil again good environments Lord you may even as director has been saying get involved in a small group get involved with just a small number of Christians who can be around you and you can grow in that environment you can be discipled put down those roots into relationship you can be open and vulnerable in a safe place Lord God you know what you're doing here, what you're challenging us with and I pray that we'd all look to put ourselves and plant ourselves in good soil and chaos that word chaos that sometimes we run from, sometimes we're frustrated with, sometimes we want to sort it all out and there is a time for that but God you do so much of your work through chaos Lord Jesus you create out of chaos you bring order out of chaos Lord where there's wheat and the weeds God you know the difference and Lord I pray I pray if we're feeling that our lives are chaotic at the moment we'd allow you to do the work that you're doing in our lives Lord we'd be patient within that time Lord God, you'd lead us through it. And you'd do a new creative work in us as a result. Lord Jesus, and growth, growth flows out often <laughs> out of those times where, where we are confused and doubting and those times of pain. Growth often comes out of that. Lord, because it is in those times where we put ourselves in your presence, where it's only you who can you can get alongside us with the questions that we're asking and Lord we pray that we would be in your presence often and we would be transformed by that Lord God Christ would be formed in us as a result Lord we can experience your presence here we can experience your presence when we're, when we're, we're, when we're in our homes we can experience your presence in the playground or in the workplace we can experience your presence when we're driving the car or on the bus we can experience your presence Lord Jesus if only we're open and asking 
and talking, Lord Jesus, and walking with you. And treasure, Lord Jesus, treasure. Lord God, we look for treasure. Lord, the treasure in our lives. Lord Jesus, just thinking about how you see us. You see us as treasure. Lord God, who we are, individuals. You see us as treasure. And you celebrate when we come into your kingdom because the treasure has been found. And Lord, if there's anyone here who's thinking, I feel worthless, I feel like I've got nothing. Lord, I pray you'd tell them that they are treasure in your eyes. Lord, you created them, you formed them. There's treasures, precious works, Lord Jesus. And Lord, as we look around as well, Lord, I pray you'd release treasure in this church. Lord, we see people being saved as treasures coming into your kingdom. Lord, and I pray this church would be filled with treasure. Treasure of people being saved, Lord. Treasure of people growing in you. Lord, and and giving themselves to following you and and, and growing your kingdom, Lord God. Treasure, fill this church with your treasure. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.